2: Positively trick episode 222 does that count as a palindrome I don't know I really like palindromes are numerical palindromes a thing
3: numerical palindrome is now the name of your and my like techno techno trip hop I love it yes yeah Yep. numerical palindrome that is our <laughs> our, our new techno hip trip hop band
2: excellent well I love it uh, this is positively Trek. I'm Dan Gunther. That other guy you heard is my wonderful co-host Barry DeFord. Barry, how are you doing tonight?
3: I am doing well. It became very cold where we live, yeah. and it's remaining cold. And I can't believe how cold it is. And <laughs> when a Canadian com- complains about the cold, that's when you know. Um, maybe I've become fragile in my in my age. But uh, I tell you, I just, um, and it's getting warm again like tomorrow, Mm -hmm. so my head is just going to be like a haunted house for a little while (laughs) with all that humidity and pressure uh, changing. So yeah, it's good you caught me now or else I'd sound a lot more like Brian Adams a little later on, like a very sort of gravelly, (laughs) like the guy from Scream.
2: Oh man. Well, maybe maybe if we have some time, you can do a few singles or something. No, no, that would
3: that would uh, your viewership would would drop very.
2: Bought fast. it at maybe. the five and dime.
3: No, okay, no. See, you're way better than I am, hundred <laughs> percent better. You're the Brian Adams of this duo.
2: Ooh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I <laughs> yeah. want that. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, normally I work outside too, and I did not today. So I was very happy to not be working outside today. So, yeah,
3: ugh,
0: bleh.
2: well, we're not uh, here to talk about the weather, although we seem to do that every week. That's just kind of what we do, at least in this part of the world. Uh, we're here to talk Trek. So uh, we have some news items uh, to talk about this week. And then after that, we have. What I think might be kind of a fun discussion about social media in the Star Trek universe. And I don't mean, you know, the latest fight du jour on Twitter or, you know, a Facebook flame war about, I don't know, who's better, Kirk Picard. I'm, wow, I'm going way back to the 80s and 90s on that one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But no, we were kind of thinking more along the lines of if social media exists or were to exist in the Star Trek universe...
3: What would that look like? So I, I'm kind of excited about this discussion. Yeah, there's a couple of threads that that got me going on and uh, I, I got a very unlikely prescient comment from uh, my lovely my lovely uh, partner uh, she was like I anyway mean, no I'm gonna say that sorry no I was about to go into it because it is it's a good one everyone's gonna like it
2: oh cool well definitely hang on to that we'll we'll talk about that for sure but yeah we want to talk about some of the news that's been going around in the Star Trek universe this week and to start out with I wanted to share this fun video I don't know if you've seen it this is an advertisement uh, for British Airways with the with Star Trek invading Heathrow Airport
3: in London. So did you get a chance to see this video? I haven't um, seen the whole thing yet. And again, it's because I just popped in and, and, and had a look around. But I find the pictures remarkably amusing. And it might be something that I think I would probably be able to do myself. Mm. Yeah, it's only a minute long, so... Yeah, I got about to, yeah, there's all the people doing, like, the hand salutes and stuff, and it's cute. It reminds me of kind of what I would like to do if I was to ever go to, like, a Renaissance fair, Mm -hmm. where I would show up in a 60s Star Trek uniform with, like, one of the old tricorders And, and like, you know, there'd be like a Kirk and a Spock there or whatever. Right. So it's, it's really a very much like what I would, what I would like to do just kind of at any kind of like heritage park or something.
2: Oh yeah. That would be a lot of fun for sure. Well, this ad was created to advertise the fact that I guess Paramount Plus is going to be partnering or is partnering with British Airways to show Paramount Plus shows and and films on British Airways flights, I guess. So that's kind of what this is uh, announcing. The video itself is a lot of fun. And knowing some of the people who contributed to it as consultants, Dayton Ward, for example, one of the Star Trek authors uh, who also works as a consultant with Paramount, yeah, absolutely one of the best. And the Easter eggs in this are wonderful. And I've picked out a couple. I'm sure there's a lot more. But anybody out there who's read the Star Trek Vanguard novels, there's actually uh, there's one part where you see the departures and there's, you know, Flight 1701 going to, you know, the very obvious ones. But there's also a the ship USS Endeavor going to Starbase 47. Which is the Starbase in the Star in the Star Trek Vanguard novel series. So brilliant. Anytime you let the novel writers loose, they're gonna work in some of that beta stuff into the
3: whatever they're doing. So I was very happy to see that. And that is them singing folks like yourself a love song. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. I guess for me, like, imagine just having a flight that day Dan imagine you just going to the airport like dope-de-dope heading to so-and-so place for a thingy thing whatever and then you, there's just people in Starfleet uniforms I hate to sound so cliche but I think I'd die I would just yep. be like I'm dead now
2: <laughs> skull emoji skull emoji
3: skull emoji yep. <laughs> exactly like just all of them every single skull emoji an upside down skull emoji that's, totally. how, that's how bad it would be <laughs> yeah. So. yeah it's pretty cool no, it, It's amusing. Very amusing. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, from there,
3: uh, we move on
2: to a a very much less amusing news story, which is uh, quite sad. We just learned this actually yesterday as we're recording this. Kirstie Alley, who most people probably know as Rebecca from Cheers and as well as her movie career following that and Veronica's Closet. She has sadly passed away at the age of 71. And of course, her very first on-screen credit, the world was introduced to Kirstie Alley through the character of Lieutenant Savick in Star Trek To The Wrath of Khan. So uh, yeah, very sad to lose another Star Trek veteran from our childhoods and uh, very fond remembrances of this character. Yeah.
3: It's, uh, it's, it's sad to hear someone dying, you know, in seventies is to me still relatively young Mm -hmm. and, um, little black badge for the next little while. And, um, and just, you know, remembering those, those roles she played, uh, and the parts she had in Star Trek. It's, it's, uh, it's a good legacy there.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I've been seeing a lot of tributes rolling out to her on the internet, and uh, yeah, uh, positively Trek joins in those in mourning the loss of Kirstie Alley for sure. Well, let's cap it off with some happy news. However, yeah, so this just came out recently as well. Anthony Rapp and his uh, husband Ken uh, are welp- welcoming a new member of the family. Rye Larson Ithapol brought into the world Friday, December 2nd, 2022, uh, through their incredibly generous surrogate to whom they're incredibly grateful. Uh, Very, very pleased. There's a great photograph. (laughs) I'll link to the, the, uh, the social media post with this just glowing family and their new addition. So beautiful.
3: (laughs) I, I just can't. Yeah. Seeing their both of their faces and seeing little Rye's face, it is just absolutely adorable and wonderful. And I'm really, really happy for the two of them. I am totally going to flex that I got a chance to sit down with the two of them at the, night of, the first night of diversity back in the day. They told me about their trip to Iceland and they talked about their dog. And so they are like, you know, if you get a dog, I mean, obviously you're kind of like prepping as a couple. Right. And and just to see this this here, obviously, I've never been in contact with them once ever again. And they would probably never even be able to point me out in a crowd. But it's still that idea of like, you know, just seeing two wonderful people um, getting to raise a little wonderful person. So live long and prosper, little Rye. Um, you've got uh, two wonderful parents and it's good to see.
2: 100%. I, I just, I keep looking at this photograph and the looks. You <laughs> he can't help but not
3: smile. Oh man.
2: Cares. All of their faces, right? Yeah. Ken's big toothy grin. Anthony's just kind of almost shy, but like, just like he wants to burst face yeah. that he's got going. And then Rye's little face scrunched up, but at the same time, so contented. Like he just looks so happy. <laughs>
3: And for the parents out there, also what both of those two gentlemen's faces are going to look like in the coming months at three thirty in the morning when it's feeding time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, uh, live long and prosper, little Rye, and to Canon uh, Anthony, good luck.
2: <laughs> here, here. Yeah,
3: I hear, I hear, I hear tiny babies are difficult. So, uh, yes, that is uh, a, a big, a big task they have in front of them as well. So that's good to see.
2: Definitely. Well, uh, s- since this announcement came across on social media, uh, let's shift our discussion to social media. We'll be right back after this brief break to talk about, I don't know, data on Instagram. Let's, I don't know, We'll see where Datagram. this goes. <laughs> This episode of Positively Trek would not be possible without the support of those of you who have gone to Patreon.com slash Positively Trek and signed up to become a Patreon supporter of the show. Thank you all so very much for your donations. They truly do help bring this show to you each week. Thank you especially to our Constitution class supporters, Joyce Marin, Justin Ozer, Jim Stoffel, Jesse Earle, Dave Garcia, Rick Young and Paul D. Kinnear. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, go to patreon.com slash positivelytrek. You can get perks such as early access to episodes, ad-free versions of episodes, exclusive content, shout-outs, associate producer credits, and much more. Once again, that's patreon.com slash positivelytrek. Thank you all once again. And now, let's get back to the show. Social media. I mean, when you say that phrase, it has such a connotation depending on who you are, where you're coming from, and especially, of course, in recent weeks and months. Uh, I feel like social media has been getting a lot of airtime and a lot of uh, attention with the whole thing going on with Twitter and all of that and Facebook before that, all this stuff that just seems never ending debates as to whether it's a good or an ill or whatever kind of got me thinking about the Star Trek universe. And of course we watch Star Trek and each episode of Star Trek is a product of its time that it's made. Right. So, you know, when you're watching the original series with their, you know, analog looking computers and communicators and stuff, you could never imagine that Hundreds of years before that, they would, they would have cell phones like we have now that, uh, seem to at least on a, on a surface level outpace that technology. And I'm wondering, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, we've got all these social media communication tools. What about in Star Trek? What if that were something that were a feature of that universe? What would that look like? So I'm excited to talk about this today, and I'm especially excited because, Barry, you said this kind of twigged some things in your brain and got some gears turning, and I'm really excited to hear what you might uh, have to uh, say about this idea as well.
3: Yeah, I. Um, so I've had a, a very big interest in social media, and it's funny that I don't like Participate, participate in it in a lot of ways, and actually, over the last little while, I've I've pretty much taken a unannounced social media break altogether, um, and that is actually just as a sort of mental health protector. Um, there's just a lot of things happening and a lot of things that have been stressing me out, and though. I'm not some person who's going to necessarily put his head in the sand forever. I do believe in taking little vacations from the from the digital commons and um that's maybe where I'd want to take this is um, the purpose of social media and making a bit of a distinction between social media and what I've just said, the the concept of the digital commons. But uh, that's a little polytrecky again, but that's okay um, because I think it's, a, it's part of having a positive conversation because I think this gives us a chance to imagine ways that we could maybe detoxify social media as well by thinking about it through a Trek lens.
2: I like that, yeah, because... Like I said, there's so many connotations, so many things that spring to mind with social media now. I mean, I I have a really hard time sometimes thinking of it in a vacuum because it has meant so many different things to me at different points in my life. Like when I lived in Korea for two years, I was so thankful for Facebook to connect me with people back home that I could converse, converse with on a regular basis, much more so than you would generally in with emails or phone calls or anything like that. It just kind of gave it an immediacy that made me felt still a part of that community, even though I was so physically removed from it. And then of course, in more recent years, the very toxic aspects of that and what it means for misinformation and what it means for, you know, intentionally misleading people and driving consumption and driving social ill that's kind of been the center of the
3: conversation around social media for the last little while. Yeah. And I think that that very multi-dimensional explanation about social media and through time and space, its usage can be very much however we make it. And I mean that really kind of is the purpose of social media, right? Um it, it is a medium to which communication, information, um, goods and services can be exchanged. It, uh, it is part marketplace, it's part commons, like I said, where people can, can meet socially and do things there um, ostensibly for free. And I think that's where I want to kind of go with some of this as we look into the purpose of social media here and as our look into the future right? Like with Star Trek, and as you've mentioned, is always going to be a reflection of the contemporary time in which it was made, right? That's why, that's why the Enterprise D has carpet, right? (laughs) (laughs) And and stuff like that. So I think, I think, yeah, again, kind of digging in in that direction is is probably going to be the way I'm going to, is the way I'm going to sort of imagine it. But I think also, and uh, you have brought this up, but I want to give credit to to uh, Rochelle, my partner, that she actually brought up a really good point. And, and you've said, you know, like, so in our social medias, where would we find most characters, you know, gravitating, right? Like, where would Spock gravitate? You know, would Data be on Instagram and would just post pictures of his observations of Spock, right? Well, <laughs> she ended up saying, Rochelle ends up saying, she's like, Kirk would just have a Tinder profile because he would find any other social media completely irrelevant. And I was like, "Bullseye!" <laughs> I thought that was really good. And she's like, "She's like in the '60s one, not the newer one. That's the '60s one." He just looked for the space babes, and I'm like, "Yep, yeah, he would." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny.
2: I do like that. I like the idea of like Spock being on like the only social media he's on is LinkedIn, and he doesn't even. I actually had this conversation with uh, another Star Trek podcaster and the person I do the live show with on on Saturdays, Brandy, Brandy Jackala. And we were talking about, uh, yeah, he'd be on LinkedIn. He wouldn't make any connections to any other people, but he would very meticulously update it every time he had a new assignment and all that kind of stuff.
3: I could see him uh, or I could see him on Tumblr, um, just like, <laughs> just like, again, kind of like blogging. Like emotional, philosophical, you know, vulcany sorts of things. Just always kind of talking about like, I mean, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe actually the 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 LinkedIn actually makes a little more sense because it is a lot more procedural. I might save my Tumblr for Worf, and he would talk about his journey as a Klingon. He would like <laughs> blog about it. I'd Be like today I said kapla four times, you know, or something like that. <laughs> I will try to say it five tomorrow. <laughs> Never apologize for being Klingon just an ever updated
2: list of things that are honorable and things that are yeah. dishonorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just
3: continuously add to it. Um, yeah. So that's where I think, yeah, I think he would just sort of kind of tumbler around. Um, I could see William Riker using Instagram. Oh, yes. And just picturing himself and his trombone and him in his little jazzy night nightgown negligee thing he goes around in.
2: Yeah, just like a, a a selfie of him cleaning his trombone and saying like, yeah. "It's Tuesday, time to clean the trombone." Hashtag. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what hashtags he'd use. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Hashtag number one. We'd probably Oh be yes, there. absolutely. He always have that one. Yeah,
2: I like the idea of data on Snapchat, and it's just his personnel photo, like his his, <laughs> rig. But he keeps putting different filters on it. Like just like the stars and like the, the little baby face one. And just like, I've observed humans using these filters to express emotional states as I have no emotional states. I am unsure as to, you know, I, yeah, that would be great.
3: (laughs) I would love that. Well, I've got another one where like, um, Dr. Crusher, would um, do, like, TikTok, and it would have, like, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. It would be, like, things people get stuck in their nose or something and, like, (laughs) showing her, like, (laughs) different things and, like... How to deal with lobes, you know, and like there's different (laughs) lobes of different aliens and stuff. I could see you doing that.
2: I had a thought of, of the doctor from Voyager as well, because they had that kind of recurring thing where he would get everybody in the holodeck and he'd show off his photos, like that he takes on away missions and stuff. Right. And like, he would be all over Instagram with researching all the correct, like hashtags to use. And, you know, every single one would be hashtag no filter you know yeah
3: (laughs) yeah Janeway I think Janeway and Cisco would be the two Twitters they would be getting into scraps all the time with people on like the Dominion and and whatnot uh, (laughs) I I think quite a bit I think I think I think Cisco and you know his like curt tone and take you know would definitely fit within a you know a 250 uh, character tweet or at least like a small thread and he would just like be like cutting and direct and he would get a lot of like retweets from kira
2: yeah yeah <laughs> get into it with like kai Nguyen on twitter all the time oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> they would
3: just be like throwing shade at each other oh that would be beautiful and then like and then obviously <laughs> golducott was the reason why i went on twitter originally like oh yeah way way back like the real golducott was an absolute masterpiece of a of a twitter profile i will i will say that like we lost a we lost a real good one when when the real Do- Goldicott disappeared.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I was just imagining. Sorry, Kai Kaiwin on Twitter hashtag my child. <laughs> okay, I need to not
3: drink when you. <laughs> <That> was funny. <laughs> hashtag my oh yeah
2: yeah and um,
3: Kira would like use would would like use Kaiwin's um, profile picture for a while just to piss her off until like Kira got booted for, for like (laughs) pissing off the, the devs or something. Oh, I love it. Anyway. Yeah. I could do this for, I could do this for hours.
2: I feel like Vedic Burail would be on Twitter as well, but they'd just be really boring philosophical things and like Kira would like and retweet, but that's about it. Like they just wouldn't really go anywhere.
3: I think that, uh, I think that's good. And I think that Deanna Troy would, um, like, do, like, psycho- you know, psychology things, but she would also, like, do funny little tweets of, like, you know, like, am I a plotted plant? Or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like, oh, yeah.
2: Like, hashtag self-care tweets and stuff like that. Like, mindfulness. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Jellico would 100% be that guy on Facebook who just, like, posts the most banal crap. Right. Where he's like, I went to the local oil museum or something. (laughs) And there's like a whole like 36 picture thing. You're like, what? (laughs) Like you are the most like, yeah. You're just like, he would just be like, I would never own a pet fish or, you know, like, and that would be his like hot take or something.
2: Yeah. Or like, and also reposting like quotes from people about the importance of like following authority and that sort of thing. Like, you know, free thinkers or a dime a dozen but you really want someone who toes the line and and you know works with the team to get it done you know
3: i, I sometimes fashion myself after him when i'm uh, when i'm at my job and uh i don't know i i, I still argue that jellico did nothing wrong oh i'm anyways. right there with you absolutely yeah but it doesn't mean he isn't a jerk
2: <laughs> no for sure yeah Riker has him blocked of course
3: a hundred percent no oh but Riker would totally like get his twin brother to follow him and then he'd like (laughs) like squeeze him for information imagine oh man imagine like being William or Thomas and then being like friending each other on some social media app and like watching each other live basically there's me yeah (laughs) doing something else (laughs) Oh man. In a completely different life. I would get, su- that would be such a weird paradox to just like stare at.
2: So issues, <laughs> current issues with the whole check Mark thing on Twitter aside, I just <laughs> love the idea of like Will Riker's Twitter account, getting the blue verification check Mark, but Thomas Riker's not. And like, no matter what he does, he can't get verified,
3: <laughs> but I paid my $8. Where's my
2: check Mark? <laughs> oh, Oh, Dark. I also feel like with Jellico's Facebook posts, Worf would never comment on them, but he would always like them, and just like, yes, that's it. You know, he would never, you know, betray his Enterprise crew that way. But he's like, this Jellico person says some good things.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think about like the older Star Trek actors from like the TOS world and their engagement on Twitter. And sometimes I find it difficult to like change that. Like what would Sulu be, but just George Takei on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I really, as much as I do believe that George Takei is a, like an actual human being who isn't a fake human being like Sulu we can definitely see a lot of George Takei's personality come through Sulu in a lot of ways, I think, or at Mm -hmm. least, you know, I don't know. It's, it's such an iconic character and he has owned that, you know, and and I know there has been others who have now played Sulu and they did a fine job. It's just, Sulu is George Takei to me and, and we may recast him one day and I'll accept whoever that is and that's fine, but like, I wouldn't really necessarily know how to change Sulu from George Takei other than, You know, the the Star Trek character would talk more about, like, cool ways to, like, move through warp drive or something.
2: Yeah, or, like, botany and fencing and stuff. Like, I feel like he'd be very hobby-driven in his posts.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess maybe Take just has more personality too. He's, he's, he's a little more interesting and divisive and all those sorts of things. Whereas, yeah, I think Sula might be a little more like, check out the new whatever class. I totally want to take it to warp 9.77.
2: I like the idea of Uhura posting on social media and, you know, using, just using the language to post something short and you know, it seems fairly innocuous, but there's just such a deeper meaning behind it that she's communicating with the people following her in ways that you couldn't even possibly imagine. Like you, you just read it and you're like, whoa, that's really deep. And then she like hashtags at Mr. Adventure because you know yeah.
3: exactly who she's talking to. <laughs> well, and I think that, uh, I think that Uhura would be really well-suited for social media, especially because it is a language-driven, text-based medium of communication. Mm-hmm. There are no gestures, there is no tone, right? That said, if, see, you're using something like Chinese characters, where you can use different characters that are homonyms of different of words of different meanings... But they're homonyms, so you can create kind of innuendo and nuance. Like I do follow quite a few accounts that are in China, and it's because I've got friends who work there and and there's a a number of really positive connections I have with people who are living and working there, both um, you know, um mainland national uh nationals and then also foreigners working there. And one of the things I've noticed in their conversations, and it always comes up when I hit the translate button, if it creates this like weird, bizarre nothing word, it often means that they're using some kind of character-driven nuance in the way they're speaking to refer to something else. Mm -hmm. And someone like Uhura, I think, would be very well-suited to being able to not only decode and understand that, but be able to synthesize that information and um, convey meaning to people who may not understand it, and therefore be kind of like a good sort of you know, those people who can kind of TLDR things for everyone, like too long, didn't read, what is this person really trying to say? I think she could be a really good person to explain stuff. Like she would really have like those long threads of like, this is what this means. And here's how I'm going to break it down for you. Um, Mm. I think that would be really cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She would be really incredible at that. And I also feel like, and, and I mean, I really hope that in the 23rd century, there wouldn't be you know, the equivalent of flat earthers or science deniers or something like that. (laughs) But I feel like she could just so pithily put them in their place with such a, you know, perfect rejoinder to whatever ridiculousness they're trying to derail the thread with. Uh, That would be like a masterclass in the use of language and communication.
3: Yeah. And I think in this case, we're probably leaning a little more on the JJ Uhura. Um, mm. the other one was a little more, I think, I think she kind of portrayed Nichelle's character was a little more fallible. Like I remember when she was like trying to communicate in Klingon and mm. was like, Doc-mark-ta! Oh God. <laughs> um, but at the same time, again, she has that willingness, right. And she has that, that ability to, you know, her life is spent, you know, listening and watching and that's the most fun thing to do on social media. I find Scotty, of
2: course, just sharing technical breakdowns of, of different pieces of equipment and stuff and technical journals. And, oh, did you see the latest Starfleet Journal update number (laughs) 347.2A? Yeah. And then
3: Bones would, would like respond to like the picture of Scotty as he's like selfied himself in one of the Jeffries tubes, like doing some kind of work. (laughs) And then Bones would be at the bottom and he'd be like, um, Montgomery Scott, this timestamp is at, is at 0402. Why are you up?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Any, any of like the food selfies that, that people take and stuff, he's commenting on the nutritional value and how they need to come into sick bay for their annual physical. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he would, like, throw shade at, like, the people who, like, blew off his, like, physicals and stuff like that. He'd be like, that's a really nice-looking Mai tai and, you know, <laughs> Romeric, where, where were you yesterday when you were supposed to have your physical? That sort of thing.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I like the idea of Odo being, like, talked into having a social media account and him posting about why it's a waste of time all the time. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but he would he would irreverently refer to every one of his like posts as like thoughts from the bucket. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and every post would start with if there's one thing I've noticed about you humanoids, it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, he would be so surly and just sour all the time. I'd love it. Oh, <laughs> Rene Aubergenois, I miss you dearly. Oh. Here here And I,
2: every one of his posts, the first comment is by Quark. And the, yeah. re, and the reply to it by Odo is like, whatever textual equivalent of a harumph is.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like, there would be like, evidence that like over a certain very brief period of time odo will block quark and then like grudgingly unblock him later and mm-hmm. then like quark would like parade that around for a while
2: <laughs> totally he'd, he'd like use some excuse that like well i gotta keep my eye on the criminal element or something like that but he yeah. honestly just really wants to hear what quark thinks and and kind of needs his validation and yeah that's that's totally his uh his purpose there. I love it.
3: Yeah. I I guess like kind of just like rolling through every character, you start trying to kind of imagine them in that sort of space that we've created. But I actually kind of think that there's a larger space that, that we could sort of imagine for social media. And I don't know if, is it time yet to, to maybe change, not fully change the subject. Cause like I have more characters I want to talk about cause this is too much fun. Oh yeah. But I just thought maybe Kind of thinking about like how our social media works, and we're we're you know we're pushing characters that arguably aren't from this time into ways of interacting that you know I mean if they're in the future, then their like entire ways of interacting would be you know quite different, especially if we go on the premise of what Picard says to Lily in the sense that money is no longer what drives us, though later we do find that money still is a driving factor, it does be, It does seem that, to kind of put it as succinctly as possible, um, is kind of, it seems like the Federation has created something of an irreducible minimum in the sense that everybody has access to a replicator, everybody seems to have access to housing, mm-hmm. everybody has access to that, that minimum, right? No one is going homeless, no one is going to you know not have their health taken care of i mean people still struggle with addiction obviously people still struggle with many of the normal human things that human beings struggle with but i think that if we look at how uh, social media is geared in its current state right as its as the medium what's its purpose and i would say its purpose is consumption mm-hmm. and it like its less efficient predecessor, like comparatively, obviously, television uh, is its predecessor. Both of those are geared towards consumption, right? You watch situation comedies that are abbreviated with commercials to purchase things, and it permeates into it where you'll notice that actors will also advertise certain sorts of things. And, you know, that's where we get this idea from Picard that money no longer drives us in that manner, right? There's still room for markets. There's still room for, you know, transference of of goods and services and all that sort of stuff. But I don't really think it would be a social media that we would imagine. Mm -hmm. And if I was to use maybe any kind of criticism that Star Trek has been uh, doing, I think, to itself. I think Lower Decks and Discovery have used a lot of self-referential critiques, especially around merit being the new currency. And I think that that social media would be very merit-driven. So Spock posting his activity on LinkedIn is a lot more accurate to what I think their social media might might look might look like in that sense Mm -hmm.
2: yeah it's an interesting aspect of this that I'm, I'm eager to talk about as well is what would it look like in the Star Trek universe like jokes aside and all that sort of stuff like what is the closest equivalent you know so like where would people go or what would people see when they looked up on whatever the version of the internet is, like whatever shared space there is that's not the physical space, when you're looking to see, you know, what's this person up to? What's their life going, what's going on in their life right now? How would that get shared? What would be shared? You know, would it, is it just the collection of personal logs? Is that it? Or is it, Something else?
3: Well, I had mentioned earlier the concept of the digital commons. And so to take everybody back to um, sort of feudal uh, England, like for instance, or feudal Europe, and I'm using European history, and I know that um, other cultures and other societies have dealt with this sort of situation of interaction and how people interact and stuff much differently. But I am using the sense that um, the culture that built Star Trek is the Western society that comes from Europe specifically. So that's kind of just a a quick little throat clearing before, you know, anyone thinks like, well, actually, uh, in most parts of Africa, they had a much more democratic communal system where communication was actually extremely efficient. And we can go into those sorts of things another day, and maybe by people who actually have a better knowledge of that than I do. So... Going to European history specifically, there actually were, back in the day, um, areas of land that weren't owned really by anyone. They were just simply called commons, and that's where peasants, um, especially uh, people living in cities, could go and grow crops for themselves. They would create small markets between themselves that could move goods from place to place, you know, at you know, using different types of currencies, barter, um, all that sort of stuff. And those commons existed um, pretty much at from the fall of Rome to about the early 1500s, 1600s. And in kind of then is when we start seeing what was called the closure of the commons. And all of that uh, public land was privatized and then was rented out to um, different groups of people. And so I think about what, social media is is we never got that other part where we could just have an open space to simply communicate like i maybe icq and windows messenger where you could get into group chats would have been kind of that small moment where we had that kind of uncommercialized commons mm-hmm. and i think that maybe to some degree it might look like that where you could enter different rooms and visit different people in those rooms and you could move from room to room and kind of go in that direction like that's what i would think it would be, and it would be very social. And if it if there was any kind of like social posturing, it would typically be based around merit. Like, I want to go to the room where you know Captain Sisko is, or you know, oh, I heard uh, I heard Seven of Nine is is over there, and I, I really, I just, I've never met a Borg. Uh, I've got to go to the <laughs> like what room she's in so I can meet her and then tell people that I've met Seven of Nine because yeah. you know Seven of Nine's
2: of doing an AMA. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, and so you'd get to go into this room. Uh, on the social media app and you'd be able to chat with her text based or something.
2: Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. I I like that. I, I was kind of also looking through Star Trek or thinking back through Star Trek. Are there any examples of a social media that we've seen? And the one that really popped out to me kind of very much is, is following what you're saying. And, and, Again, Star Trek is a product of the time in which it's created. There was a series of novels from Pocket Books, uh, the ones mostly from the 80s. Uh, I think most of the ones written by Diane Duane and possibly Vonda McIntyre. I could be misremembering who really brought this in. But one of the things the enterprise featured was a sort of BBS system. If you're familiar with, you know, those, those kind of systems that still exist, but were like the main backbone of internet communication at one time, as far as I remember, I haven't gone back and read this in a while, but I remember there being like different bulletin boards that you could post on as yourself. And then there were other ones where you could post anonymously and, the ones where it was more anonymous were a little bit more controversial at times. Mm. Like, did you hear the rumor that this was going around, that this is what's really happening or something like that. And, I remember in this novel, Kirk would poke his head into those every once in a while, just to kind of see what the tenor aboard the ship was and what people were talking about. And I think it was like the, the recreation officer was in charge of moderating the message boards or something. So, you know, obviously an author who was very involved with like the BBS stuff of the late eighties and, and that sort of thing, uh, kind of writing that into the novels Uh, really interesting stuff. And it kind of fits with what you're saying with, you know, more of a, you know, not a a space created for consumption or advertising like we see now, but just like a public commons where people could air their, not necessarily grievances, but thoughts. And you could either be known or you could be anonymous kind of thing. It was interesting.
3: I like that a lot. And and the being known or being anonymous, I think, is important, too. So if we think of the commons in London right? Um, if you were in your own borough where you grew up, yeah, you're going to walk into that commons and be recognized by everyone. Oh, look, it's someone, oh, it's Nigel, right? That kind of thing. Um, but if you were to go to one, say further away, right? If you were to go to Luton or down South to, to Crystal Palace or something like that, you're going to have different groups of people who may not recognize you and you can sort of hide in plain sight. And I think that's important because you can do that in our social media as well, right? Um, there are uh people who go on social media not as themselves and and they do that for a myriad of reasons that i can't necessarily get into that's an episode itself of the types of people who who we meet on social media but um i think that in that respect that would need to be possible still i mean it is a it is a a a place i think the federation where um, I don't think you get as much privacy as we do here. At least that's the impression I get. I mean, mm-hmm. we've pretty much just seen life on a ship. Um, but whenever we see people moving around and stuff, it just seems to me that, that, you know, infractions are noticed a lot more easily. Um, a lot of more people, you know, sort of toe the social line. So if you're out of line, I'm sure you would be admonished pretty quickly, um, and I think it's, you know, mar- marginally because people probably care a lot more and, and, and whatnot, because I find that social media for us is a really good escape from a lot of the stresses we're feeling. Um, I went grocery shopping today and I didn't buy a lot. And wow, I sure did pay a lot. And it, and it is that idea of like going on to social media to kind of air those grievances and stuff for us. I mean, what on social media in the West have we seen, you know, change things for the better, right? I think there's a lot of negativity within social media. Um, we have seen social media used in other places. So like for instance, in the Arab spring back in, um, the, the late two thousands, um, they used Twitter to in fact coordinate their mm-hmm. protests and operations and, and movement and stuff. And of course that has led to, um, the surveillance state also very much moving its way into our social media. Like, basically anything you do on social media for whatever reason is cataloged. Now, typically it's not that it's not the government. They're not looking after the, it's because Amazon wants to sell you something you really, really want, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's why we're, that's why our data is being harvested. And so I think in the federation, it would be, I think data might still get harvested, but it would be for like sociological reasons. And probably you would have like a window pop up and it would be like, you've been selected to be part of a test. And like if you're, yeah, say Boimler or, you know, pretty much anyone except for like maybe Miles O'Brien and Worf, um, they'd all <laughs> probably go ahead with it. They'd be like, "Ah, sure. You know, but Miles O'Brien would be like, I don't have time for that. And, you know, and he'd go and stand in front of the transporter for an hour
2: (laughs) and Bashir would be there come on Miles it's an important scientific study (laughs) I'm too busy (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it's funny you talked about there being less privacy in Star in in the Star Trek universe and stuff I, I definitely feel that I remember at one time thinking when I was younger you know computer locate commander so-and-so and and the computer just tells you where they are, which I mean, yeah. Okay. It's uh, an ostensibly military or quasi military vessel. If you're looking for another officer and they're supposed to be somewhere or something like that, but there's also like, you know, well over 500 civilians aboard the ship and stuff. So like, if you know, you're looking for your, your teenage kid or something, You know, is that location always available to anybody else on the ship? You know, that's just kind of like,
3: wow. I don't mention this much, uh, but as a school teacher, I do interact with young people who are constantly interacting on social media. And uh, there are a number of apps that will tell you not only your location, but where you are and how fast you're moving. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember seeing that and a student was late and another student was like, oh, don't worry. So-and-so is on their way. And they just pointed at their phone and I see that student is clearly driving to class. <laughs> and it's like, I, I still really don't know what to say. Like it really does. I mean, as much as like that must be very reassuring for a parent. But at the same time, I don't know how to feel about that. Mm-hmm. Like I I do actually really value my privacy. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how to feel about that.
2: Yeah. No, I, I'm right there with you for sure. I, I have the feature on, on Google maps that you can share your location with someone. And my wife and I just recently saw something on, on, a on a show or, or something, or no, it was a podcast and, and, uh, the husband and wife who do the podcast were talking about that and how they actually share their location with each other on an ongoing basis, just in case, right? And, uh, we kind of decided like, you know what, we should probably do that. Like, you know, what if something happens and you don't know where the other person is, you can just look and see, oh, okay. They're there or whatever. Not something that either one of us is going to like look at every day or watch or anything like that. But if for whatever reason, somebody needs to know it's there and, you know, I would trust my wife with that information. I don't think I could trust a single other person on the planet with that. And and that's not saying anything. You know, I'm just, i yeah. I, I wouldn't want to share that with anybody, not because I'm doing anything I'm not supposed to be doing or anything, but nobody it's nobody just, needs to know, like why? none of your
3: beeswax yeah. like, it's really, it's just, it, there are things one needs to know, and there are things one does not need to know, and that just for me is a major major not need to know mm-hmm. i I do have one sort of imagining that I was like oh this is this is sweet and and something I really like is the concept of utilizing the holodeck for social media mm. and I think you know. Imagine being able, and I think that the, actually, so, sorry, imagine the holodeck and imagine using it as a meaning a medium for like meaningful contact between individuals and groups. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe what they would do is uh, two individuals or a group of people would coordinate a subspace transmission wherever they are. And that would feed into the holodeck programming and it would, it would render an individual pretty much in real time, a hollow version of them.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
3: in that case, you could actually like physically interact with them as close as you possibly could. And for a myriad of reasons, I think that would be an extremely good thing and kind of like a mental health game changer. Imagine being on like a, a deep space science mission, right? I mean, obviously military purposes, you probably wouldn't be able to do that because you know, your enemy will pick up your subspace transmission and that would be an awkward (laughs) sort of thing to, to, to come across and it would probably compromise everything. Yeah.
2: So maybe not when you're patrolling the neutral zone or something. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. But if you're, you know, out at, uh, you know, out at the, the Argus array and you're just chilling. Um, and you you miss a friend or you miss you know a loved one or your partner I really feel like a subspace holodeck social media transmission of getting to literally stand in front of the closest approximation of that person and it's being and it's an avatar being piloted by that person um, that would be perfect I think that would that would really assuage a lot of loneliness and distance and all that sort of stuff
2: yeah absolutely there was actually again drawing from the novels uh, there's a series in the 90s a miniseries the star trek gateways books and it was one of those cross adventures with like tng ds9 voyager and, and new frontier at the time and all the all of these and the missions all started with this um the 24th century versions anyway started with this teleconference basically but it was on the respective holodecks with you know various admirals and captains of different ships all meeting at this briefing room to get briefed on the mission but it was all like holodeck avatars that people were seeing and stuff and i thought that was really cool and i was like i want to see more of this i can think of way better reasons to use this technology than yet another meeting
3: (laughs) right or like practicing your Shakespeare, like, honestly, as much as they have used it really well, um, I just think about for, like, for me, the mental health game changer, it would be if I could like schedule holo visits with my Star Trek friends and we could just laugh and dance and play together and just, I don't know, like have a, a holodeck convention, you know, every little while, you know, like, and it wouldn't cost anything. It would just be a time we could schedule and just, happily be in one another's presence yeah it's, it's something i now fall asleep thinking about because it's just so relaxing of a thought
2: yeah and i mean like you can think of holodecks as the ultimate extension of gaming nowadays right mm-hmm. so like can you imagine the holodeck equivalent of a land party but you're all in different places and just meeting in the yeah
3: that would be so cool absolutely yeah and and think of the games, like all the different games you could like you could go from anywhere from floor hockey to a reenactment of the English civil war. Like it would be amazing.
2: Yeah, totally. Well, not to uh, completely switch gears here, but something else you said earlier got me to thinking, and um, you were talking about some of the good that social media has brought, especially like the Arab Spring and that sort of thing. And one thing that popped into my head also was Uh, the increased exposure of incidents that get filmed on phones and then dispersed through social media. So, for example, incidents of police brutality or something like that, kind of getting more of a spotlight on them because of the exposure via social media. And then my brain went to the times that we've seen, you know, Starfleet may be bending the rules a bit or, or doing something a little bit outside of regulation and stuff. And the thought of what if that gets captured and dispersed over some sort of social media network, could the Federation or Starfleet suddenly find itself with a PR nightmare because, you know, Captain Cisco launched these torpedoes at the Maquis planet and rendered it inhospitable and they had to evacuate and stuff like did that make it out onto the public whatever social media is at the time and what would the backlash to that be
3: yeah well I I, you bring up a really good point and that is kind of for me my argument for censorship The, the same reason why I don't think every single person who has me as a friend on some kind of social media platform needs to know where I am what I'm doing and where I'm going and how fast I'm going (laughs) Um, I do believe I can I should be allowed to censor that kind of information from from people who don't Need to know it, and I fully agree with you that for you and your wife to have that kind of you know knowledge and communication, um, that that is perfectly reasonable because you two are are partners in a team, and it's good to know where your you know where your partner is, and that makes sense. But that's also something that the two of you have both openly agreed to doing, mm-hmm. and and therefore mutual consent is assured. So I think it's that kind of idea where there are protocols we need to follow like just the other night there was a post made on um, my local social media from law enforcement saying we're out and about doing a thing right now if you see us please don't take a picture and post it on social media Mm -hmm. and though i may be critical of a number of reasons why policing takes place where i'm at and all of that aside we do have to understand that that posting too much information on social media can be extremely compromising and knowing the difference you know, between what should be and shouldn't be shared and in what mediums and with which individuals and all that stuff is is something that I think needs to be better taught. And I hope by the 24th century, they've got something like that unlocked, So people might know at that point how to better communicate. Because I mean, how long has social media in its current state really been in existence, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very brief thing. And I think it really got juiced over the pandemic and has been juiced ever since. But I think... In 300 years, my hope is that we would, we would have better understandings and protocols and ways to communicate on, say, a digital commons. That would also mean that, like, you know, I'm doing something that could be sensitive information, so I'm going to make sure that I, you know, display the sensitive information in the appropriate places to the appropriate people, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, I mean, leakage could be a real problem. And I think that the Federation would be in its rights to be judicious in its censor- cen- censorship.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's always uh, a, a case to be made on both sides of that argument on a case-by-case basis, right? So. Right. Yeah. And I mean, in, in what is purportedly a functioning, healthy democracy like the Federation, we we're sub- oh yeah, the Federation. We're supposed to believe, yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, yeah. Hopefully that is something that there's some public trust in, but also public responsibility in. And I, I think a lot of people focus on their rights as um, an individual, but less on the responsibilities as an individual. And you know, I, I, it's that constant balancing act. Right. So.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I do believe that our current social media could, um, learn a lot from the, the perhaps cliched Star Trek phrase of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one, mm-hmm. um, talking to you, Elon. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, 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 and like a myriad of other people, like, I mean, I don't want to, I, I mean, I'm really shooting at low, low hanging, low hanging fruit there, but, uh, Anyways, yeah, I, I do think that if you had a commons that was prone to riot before the closure of the commons back in feudal England, as I was mentioning earlier, then you had a, a sick society, right? And if you have a social media now that you're right, is prone to very abrupt and sudden uh, shifts in, in public viewpoints on, you know, health measures and, you know, different ways of of, you know, the, the whole fake news and and um, you know, alternative facts and and, you know, the the whole subjectivity of reality, right? The subjectivizing of reality uh and and taking away the objective and kind of muddying that water in terms of what is and what isn't and and how are, you know, I'm just asking questions kind of stuff. Um, we would have to do a lot to manage that because I think social media lends itself to, you know, people masquerading people, you know, moving into just stir things up. And I guess maybe if you're in a, in a, in a society that's driven on consumption, you're going to see people do things in certain ways to get attention. And usually it's for consumptive purposes, right? Either they're consuming information about you Or you consume more information and are are stuck on the app more and therefore more ads pass you and, you know, you more passively consume. But either way, you're being drawn in. Um, And it's not to say that I don't think that Star Trek social media wouldn't have its, you know, version of a troll. I think Odo would make a good troll. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Quark would make a good troll. Heck, you know, I I mean, to some degree, I wonder if Cisco would, would poke every now and again too, just to sort of see what what people around, cause he, he did have a certain irreverence at certain points that I always really appreciated.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tom Paris, I could see getting up. To oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Or how would Eddington use the digital commons to infiltrate the defiant? Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. You know, I think, I think that would be interesting to sort of see how we might imagine something like that or, or, you know, what would happen when the dominion invaded, you know, would they invade their social media as well?
2: hmm yeah like all of those changeling infiltrators, presumably yeah. they also have access to the social media of the person they're in, they're they've assumed the life of, right
3: yeah, it's a form of catfishing, you know you you are literally taking on the persona of somebody else in order to gain some kind of otherwise unattainable advantage, right and and with that you know there's there's an abusive element to it there's an exploitative element to it and so i think that's the point is is the best part about star trek is though it's utopian to us it still isn't perfect mm-hmm. and it still has its challenges it has its its own contradictions that it would have to deal with that could be also sort of existential to society and and i do worry that sometimes social media is kind of like the new printing press and absolutely when we think about what happened after the printing press and the amount of like, you know, I teach social and what happened after the printing press, we like to call in social studies a cool period <laughs> when cool <laughs> things happened. And I'm like, a lot of cool things are starting to happen, kids, mm-hmm. you know, and... and and, and we want to think about that, right? The other piece about social media is it is a really good way to kind of materially look at your own society and how lines are being drawn and what sort of phenomenon are emerging out of social media and how that virtual phenomenon is actually permeating into the real now. And, and it's, it's a very interesting. We literally have a new dimension of communication, something that our great-grandparents would have never been able to possibly imagine. Yeah, 100%.
2: Well, I think somewhere I want to leave the discussion on is something that was done, I think, as a joke, like it's a jokey element. It's from Star Trek Lower Decks, but also has like a very chilling, terrifying aspect to it. And that's the one character who is a a self-proclaimed conspiracy theorist who says Wolf 359 was an inside job. The Dominion War never happened and changelings are a myth. Uh, does that exist without social media? And what does that mean for the state of Star Trek universe, social media at that point? So that was a little terrifying, even though it was funny, it
3: was terrifying. (laughs) Well, and it's very ripped from the headlines too, right? Very much. Yeah. And, and so I think, you know, that that's where, um, that is, you know, that was a, one of the, um, at the start of the TV show before the opening credits joke, wasn't it?
2: I possibly, I, oh no. The first time we saw him, I think was when people found out that Mariner was, was the captain's daughter and right, uh, right, right, he right. was trying to ingratiate himself to her a bit, I think.
3: Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Policing it is important. And I think that, um, yeah, no, that, that's kind of like, you just, you just hewed my Borg. <laughs> how would that ever even come up in, in that sense of of without social media where's the where's where's the brain cookery taking place
2: exactly yeah and, you know <laughs> because
3: But, I mean, it's not to say that people weren't cooking their brains before social media, right? Like, you think about the conspiracies that have existed. Um, Typically, you know, a lot of conspiracies came out of uh, religiosity, right? A lot of people predicted the apocalypse by using the Bible as a medium. Um, So I do think that there are are different mediums, or media, I guess, um, that will also cook your brain. I just find social media has been really good at it really fast. Yeah. but it's also done a lot of really good things. Like I've Mm -hmm. been a part of a number of different social media forums and groups that have made me like arguably a better person and you know, yourself, your friendship as well. Like you and I still, though we live in the same town and, and pass like ships in the night, sometimes, unfortunately social media is where we can still interact. And I think that's important to understand that though our social media in our world is geared for consumption. It is geared to you know, not necessarily make you feel the best all the time. Um, We have created little rooms. We have created little estuaries of safety, places where people can be themselves. They can express their inborn nature. Um, we can be happy at like baby photos of, of Star Trek actors we love, you know, those kinds of little, little pockets, I think are kind of where I'm starting to really gravitate toward myself. And, and it is a form of self-care because mm. you can get lost out there. It's a sea, uh, it's a, it's a big, wide open sea and it, and it can be very daunting. And, you know, I think about my anxiety and stuff like that peaking when I get into a fight with someone on, on a social media platform and, and. I think back like, uh, you know, as much as a maybe like, who are you really arguing with, but yourself, you know, like you don't know this person, you don't know who they are. You don't know how many people are even going to see your post. If you're not really that, you know, you don't have that many followers anyway. So I, I often wonder sometimes like we can sort of imagine um, social media a little more utopianly and and maybe a little more Star trek ly And I think we in our rooms, you know, positively track discussion group in other places, we've managed to actually do that in a lot of ways. So that's good.
2: Yeah. And I feel like if that same person who you were arguing with online was yelling that on a street corner, you'd just walk away and ignore them. And we don't tend to do that on social media, unfortunately, but I guess another telling thing that I would say about that character in Lower Decks is there was just one of him. And if social media was more permeating based on what I see in the people around me sometimes in a day-to-day life you know there might be a, a group of them if that was learned over social media whereas like we said on Lower Decks we just saw the one guy spouting those conspiracy theories so maybe he's the
3: guy shouting on the street corner that you just ignore. I hope so and, and it, it looks like even guys who shout on the, who shout on the um, street corner still get the irreducible minimum of having a job. And having things to do and having a bit of a life. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. Well, speaking
2: of wonderful oases of social media, as you mentioned, the Positively Trek discussion group is where you can follow us most easily. See when new episodes are posted. Share your thoughts on this episode and anything else we talk about and anything to do with Star Trek. Uh, Barry, you mentioned you're taking a little bit of a social media break, but uh, where can people find you or not find you if whatever the case may be?
3: (laughs) Yeah, uh, Barry DeFord on Facebook is typically the best way to find me. Um, Again, I'm not immensely active. If you have friend requested me, prepare to wait a little while. Um, I'm probably going to keep this little social media vacation um, through to Christmas holidays. And then when Christmas holidays start, I'll, I'll, I I might emerge. Positively Trek,
2: you can find now on Mastodon. That's Positively Trek at masthead.social, I think is the server that we're on there. So uh, you can find us uh, there on Mastodon. If uh, you look for us on Twitter, it is still there. And there is a link there to our Mastodon account. So uh, I'll be maintaining that as an outpost on Twitter in, a, in order to find us, just at Positively Trek, but uh, we're no longer posting there on a regular basis. So uh, yeah, and of course, you can find me in the Positively Trek discussion group, and you can email us, Trek at gmail.com. So thank you all so much for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see you again in the next episode. Until then, as always, live long and prosper, and stay positive.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices.